This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey. Today, we're going to talk about that check engine light between your vehicle repair questions. Okay, Allison, here's my story. I'm okay. going first. <laughs> when when we were running the promos for the show, and I mentioned something like, oh, maybe half of you out there are driving around with the check engine light. Somebody here at work said they would never drive around with the check engine light because they get it fixed because their car is too important to them. Well... I felt that way the very first time my check engine light came on. And then we got it fixed, and then it came on again after a couple hundred dollars repair, and then the second and third and fourth time. So, you know, each time we have a particular problem where we think we're getting it fixed. No, it's not valve number five. It's valve number three. No, it's not valve number three. It's valve number four. Mm -hmm. And so now when it comes on, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, so that's where hardcore diagnostics come in. So there's, um, say, for instance, like your evaporative system, there's multiple solenoids, there's multiple valves, there's sensors. All, so you get a code for an evaporative system malfunction. You need to figure out what part of that system. So people will throw parts at it. A lot of mechanics will throw parts at it without stepping through the diagnostic process, which takes time and money to do. But it's worth it because then you have the correct part replaced and you don't have this check engine light keep coming on. So, Well, we finally got kicked out of one place. They said, oh uh, don't come We're here anymore. Done. We're done with you. Was it the Dodge van? Yes, it is the Dodge of van. Course, of course. <laughs> I can't believe mine does not have a check engine light on. <laughs> okay, so when the check engine light comes on to begin with, Oh, my gosh, what do you do? Do you pull over? Are you okay? What What should you do if the check-in light comes on? Go to an auto parts store and have the code read, and then look it up. Kind of get an idea of what what it is. Look up um, repairs, common repairs for it. I use an app on my phone called Auto Codes, and it will list things that are the in order of what's most likely the cause of the problem. And so that alone, you may be able to fix it yourself. You may just be able to go check a connector on an oxygen sensor or something like that and just see if something simply disconnected. Or look, say if you have a car that still has spark plug wires, maybe one of the wires is just burned against the exhaust manifold and you can see it with yourself and go fix it so first thing you do go to an auto parts store and get the code read use an app to look up and see what the code they'll also tell you what the code is at the auto parts store some of the auto parts store have software that'll give you that list of possible problems too and then take it to a mechanic that can do good diagnostics um, being a good check engine like diagnostician is a, a big deal it, it, there is a process with it and you don't just throw parts at it you need to look and know what's going on some things are given that this is probably the problem but it needs to be checked out thoroughly and that and that takes time a little bit of diagnostic money fees to do that okay let's get let's get a a a hierarchy here uh I, I know where the auto parts store is. Yes. Um, would someone want to download this to their phone if they knew where an oxygen sensor was? Otherwise, you know, go straight to a mechanic. I mean, how how uh, who, who's the kind of person who would have that app on their phone? 
Well, I think you can, that app, if, as soon as you get a check engine light, go ahead and put the app on your phone because it has so much information. Auto codes, there's other apps, too, for check engine light codes. This has been the best one that I've found. It's really, really good. And Or Google it. Now, Google do you, the code that you get pulled up. Now, if you're going to read the code from your phone, is it Bluetooth? Do you need some kind of USB connector, or do, if you do, you buy At the a cord? auto parts store? They'll put it on an OBD2 connector and plug it in. It's up under your dash. There's right. a port for your computer to your car, and they'll plug it in there and read the code with the code reader. Okay, that's how you do that. You can get one yourself, and uh, I have a little twenty dollar one that I use to read codes that I got off of Amazon. So you can get a check engine light uh, reader yourself. It, uh, it you can get one. Like the $20 one I have, it literally just tells you the code. It doesn't tell you what that code is, but it'll be PO300, but it won't tell you that's a random misfire code. You have to look that, look that up or have a more intense code reader. So for the general car driver, there's two kinds of things. There is the OBD2 code reader that would have a connection to your car mm-hmm. if you just wanted to find out what the code is mm-hmm. and then separately there's an app that would tell you if you get an OBD code that's Z7213 mm-hmm. that means your back left wheel is pink or you know whatever yes okay. yes yeah right. you got it that that's the process for it and that that should get you somewhere and then like I said it may save you some money doing that Instead of taking it straight to a mechanic, which uh, your average diagnostics for an hour with the check engine light is about a hundred dollars average for at a shop. So, and then they usually only read the code for that. They don't really do a, a, the the true diagnostics, which takes a little bit longer. So, you know, so you can save yourself some money. What repairs does your car need? Give us a call this morning, like Mary from Olive Branch. Hi, Mary. We're so glad you've called in today. Go ahead. Hi. I have a 1998 Ford Expedition that has 450, I mean, 650,000 miles. Say again how much it had. It has 650,000 miles. Yes. That's, okay. You know, the Ford Expedition made it on our most reliable vehicle vehicle, vehicle list that we did one day. So that's amazing. So it, it, it is an amazing car. But the last couple of days, when I have been at a traffic light or when I first start my car up, my car revs itself and will move forward to about 25 or 30 miles an hour before I touch my gas. Okay. I got you. <laughs> I, I, I've got a pretty good inkling of what that may be. You have an idle air control valve of some sort that's on the throttle body of the car, and that little actuator is getting stuck, and okay. it, it gunks up. And so you can take it off and clean it, and possibly that will help your problem. It, it affects your idle, and it'll let too much air, and it gets stuck open, and air is getting in, so it's revving up your engine just as if the throttle body opened up. And I've I've had it happen on a car before. I, I, it's going to be something with that, I believe. And you can clean it off with some carb cleaner or or whatnot, and that may help your problem. Or you may have to actually replace the little unit itself, the little uh, idle air control valve. And there's different names for different ones. Um, I, um, for some of them call it a different thing, but it affects your idle air control, basically controlling your idle. So that sounds like what yours is, is it, it's stuck in the open position. 
that's fantastic. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Well, that was easy. Thank you, Mary. We're glad you well, called I hope, in. I hope that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I had that problem before. All right. We are talking about check engine lights. Um, so uh, does the when the check engine light comes on, is it is it always on? Are there different things? Can it flicker or pulse or what uh, what? How does the check engine light manifest itself? You can get one that just it comes on and then it comes off on its own once it redoes the test. And it's like, well, I guess it's not a problem. There, electrical systems are glitchy, so they can have problems. You can also get a code, go have it read, go ahead and have it erased, which is part of the diagnostic uh, procedure also is to actually erase the code once you record what it was. And it may not come back on. I had one on my Prius recently. The the check engine light came on. Um, I forget what the light was for, but I erased it as part of the diagnostic procedure. I took note of it, and it didn't come back on. So it didn't actually have the problem. It just glitched, and, and it left a pending code on enough to, to put the check engine light on. But it wasn't actually a problem. So, yes, it can come on, come back off. If it is blinking... That means you are in imminent danger of destroying your catalytic converter due to a misfire, and is which is about a two thousand dollar repair. So if you ever have a check engine light blinking, that does mean immediately get to a mechanic and have your misfire figured out of why too much fuel is getting past this into the system into the exhaust and melting your catalytic converters. What happened? And usually it's a spark plug. Your spark plugs need to be replaced or your cool plug has gone bad and it's not sparking and burning that fuel. So, yes, a blinking light, very, very serious. Now, would you, now this is your personal opinion, if it were you and you're driving on, you know, uh, somewhere, would you immediately pull over and have your car towed to a, a, a place where you could work on it or someone could work on it? Or could you safely drive it another five, 10 miles somewhere? You can safely drive it if it's driving fine. You can okay. safely drive it. If it's acting up, it's bucking and that sort of thing, or overheating, then you want to go ahead and have it towed. At any time a car overheats, um, there are procedures that you can do to kind of get you off the road, but but I'm not going to go through those because it's a little bit technical, but just go ahead and stop your car immediately. Anytime it overheats even a little bit, pull it over and get it towed to a shop. So check engine light, not like that. You can you can drive. If, if car's driving five, usually it is. Then you can go ahead and take it to the shop. Just go ahead and have it checked out as, as soon as you can. We're going to continue our discussion about check engine lights when we come back from our break. Send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We've got a great big list of ones that are. When we come back, you're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more AutoCorrect, 
find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. Here are the recalls for the week. We've got a lot of them. The 2015-2018 Porsche Macan, M-A-C-A-N, the 2019 Audi Q7, the 2011 and 12 Kia Sedona, 2013 and 14 Kia Optima, 2016 through 19 Audi TT, Jaguar 2010 XF, the 2014 through 2019 BMW M6 Grand Coupe, the 2014 through 2019 BMW M6 Grand Coupe. I just said that one twice. The 2019 <laughs> 2020 Mercedes Benz, Mercedes AMG G Class, the 2020 through 2021. Oh my, they've already, we're calling 2021s. Okay. Mercedes wow. Benz, Mercedes AMG, Mercedes Maybach cars and SUVs, the 2020 huh. BMW X6. The 2013 through 2019 Toyota and Lexus cars. I think uh, that was that one's been on the news. The 2013 through 2014 Hyundai Sonata. Now these recalls could be something tiny, like you need a sticker for an mm-hmm. airbag, or it could be your engine mount is about to drop your engine. So yep. whatever it could be, a little tiny, it could be really big. So you can find out if your car has a recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration website that works out to be nhtsa.gov slash recalls and just put in your VIN number. We're talking about check engine lights but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Let's go ahead and go to Paul, who is in Gulfport. Paul, what's your comment or question today? Hi, um, I have a 98 Ford E150 conversion van. I believe it's a 4.2 liter. And uh, I have a single code, and it's the uh, EGR sensor. And I've replaced the EGR valve. I've uh, cleaned out the uh, EGR tubing. Uh, which caused it to go away for a while. Uh, and then I've, um, I've temporarily replaced with a new EGR sensor, and it didn't make uh, any difference. And so I still get the code. Uh, I do have the original EGR sensor back in there. And also, I am electronics tech, and I did do a diagnostic on the, uh, I think it was resistance values for that sensor, and they were all normal. Okay. So I can't kill this uh EGR code. What's the actual code? Do you have it? Do you know? No, I don't, it's been so long I don't remember. Okay. Um, it, it, possibly what's going on, your actual circuit itself is bad. So you need to go through the, the procedure of checking your circuit, and it may end up that something in your circuit is in, incorrect and gone bad. Not the solenoid, not not the solenoid, not the sensor, not the EGR valve itself, but the actual circuit. And possibly that means that your computer is maybe having a problem because because it should ground through your computer for your EGR um, sensor codes and everything. So that's so you may be having a bad when circuit. Say, 
when you say circuit, are you referring to the wiring or the wiring? Yes, that's one of the only things actually left. That or you got a bad EGR valve when you replaced it, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends on the code, but that's but you're definitely looking in the right direction and doing the right things to that. Those are the different things that cause the the EGR codes to go off. So, so my next suggestion is maybe have um. An automotive electrical shop, go through and check that circuit and and, okay. and and do diagnostics and tell them everything you told us here of everything that you've replaced and and where you're at with it. Okay, can I ask you one more quick question? Sure. Uh, what would cause, uh, other than an instrument cluster, what would cause the speedometer to be all 10 to 12 miles per hour off? Okay, your actual wheel itself would depending on how on the, on this car it's probably attached to the automatic transmission maybe a tooth is messed up on it so you may need to actually replace the little gear gearing that attaches to the automatic transmission and uh, have that replaced so maybe one of the little gears will come off they're plastic usually so they do mess up and that could uh, be what's causing that well that's uh there's there's no there's no uh computer uh default uh, code or uh, a value that's, that's on this car is or that you program in to set the speedometer? No, it's not. Your codes are mostly based on emission systems problems. So since that doesn't affect your emissions, it, you're not going to get a code for it. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's really interesting. I appreciate that. Thank you're, you very you're much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. All right. Thanks, Paul. See, folks, this is why we love Halibut Allison, because I heard like three words out of all of that that I understood. But I hope Allison really helped Paul. And I'm so grateful. So too. Thank you, Allison. I'd like to hear back and see if, um, and that for the lady that spoke earlier about her idle air control valve. We, we always want to remind people, if you can, call us back and let us know if we were able to help you out. I'm dying of curiosity to know, uh, about, you know, with all these people we've hopefully helped over the air in the past year something year and a half going yeah (laughs) we're talking about your check engine light we're also taking your vehicle repair questions our email address is auto at mpbonline.org and now we've got Fairhope, alabama and kathy's on the line kathy thanks so much for calling into autocorrect go ahead thank you for taking my call i have a nissan ultima i think it's about a 2012 and a few months ago, the brake light came on, and the light that has the car with the little squiggle lines came on. The brake's not on. The lights go on or off. They often stay on, but there's not a problem. What can I do to take care of that, or do I just need to get it, take it in and get them to turn that off? You can't turn it off. It needs to be repaired, whatever's causing that lights to come on. And so that will actually not set a check engine light code on, but there are actual codes stored in your computer that will let you know what is going on with the ABS and the traction control. So that that is keeping that light on, so keeping your brake light on. There are actual codes for brake lights. It doesn't make 
make a check engine light come on though so you do you need to have those codes read and then go from there and hopefully it's something simple that's going on um if it's an abs pump that can be expensive but hopefully it's just a sensor has gone bad on the a wheel sensor is um maybe it's got damaged or something like that and it's causing your brake light to stay on and your traction control light to come on and what, when the traction control light flashes, that means it's turning off all your ABS and all your traction control systems until you get the problem fixed. And it works like an old car at that point. So if you had an emergency car situation where you had to brake fast, you're not going to have the ABS system in place. So it, it is good to, when you have an ABS or brake light or tracking tracking engine uh, sorry traction control light come on to get those fixed because it means it turns off your all those systems and your car drives like an old 50s car back in the day before they had ABS and they had a lot more wrecks back then so it is something you want to go ahead and get checked out okay thank you very much you're very welcome thank you Kathy um, how many different codes if, if the brake light if the brake light comes on, mm-hmm. how many different possible brake light codes could that be? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what the range of them is. There's a lot of them, though, um, related to the ABS. So I, I would assume around 100 codes. Whoa, okay. That, that possibly can be related, related to directly to your ABS system and your, and your brake system. When that brake light comes on, it can mean multiple different right. things. But usually it means something with your ABS system. If, every, if your brake is off and, and your brake fluid is fine, then. It's it's something else, and so, and your ABS light will come on too sometimes, um, but but you want to get it checked out and see what what's keeping that brake light on, and it's that's read in the computer. And if your check engine light comes on, how many different options possibilities of wrongness <laughs> could that be? Yeah. There's I, I'm not sure the exact amount of codes in cars, but there's somewhere around two thousand or ah, so different ah. ones, and then the, each manufacturer has their own list of codes. So, you know, so it varies probably between manufacturers. So I'm I'm not sure if I'm in the the vicinity of what the number actually is, but I would I would assume it's something like that. Whoa. That's a lot. Pretty <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, let's go to Jim from Jackson. Jim, thanks for calling in to Autocorrect. Go ahead. Good morning. I have a two thousand thirteen GMC terrain with the four cylinder engine, hundred and forty thousand miles. And it started to use a little bit of oil lately. I use Mobile One, but I see they also make what's called a high-mileage version. Would I be wise to switch to this high-mileage version of Mobile One? Um, yes, you would. I think at 75,000 miles is your average for when a car is considered high mileage. That may help. Another thing that might help now, and and I guess I should ask if you do this, but do you let your car just kind of warm up for a second before you drive off, or do you get right in it and drive off as soon as you crank it up? I try to let it warm up. You do try to let it warm up, so that's not the issue. Then um, it sounds like your rings are possibly starting to go bad in the engine, and it's burning a little oil that way. That or you have an oil leak. Um, There's an oil pressure sensor that is prone to leakage on cars and all makes and manufacturers, so that's possible. So So for some reason, you have loss of oil, and there's a few different causes. So maybe that'll send you in the right direction with with getting that fixed changing the the oil to the the high mileage is a synthetic blend 
um, that's not particularly going to fix an oil loss problem. What does the high mileage oil do? How is it different? It's it, it's a better oil. It's synthetic blended, and it's just better for your engine. It, it um, kind of cleans out a little more gunk than just your your regular average conventional oil. But these days, most cars are on synthetic, full synthetic anyway, so changing to high mileage is not necessary. But if a conventional car, it does help a little bit with cleaning up, degunking your engine. So basically, that's that's where that comes from. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling in, Jim. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about check engine lights and taking more of your car repair questions next. What is an unreliable car not to buy? We're going to get to that. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, you know her, the lady auto mechanic. She's our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Yay! We rely on contributions <laughs> to purchase our national programming and to keep the lights on here. So thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm amazed how many people are here every time we have the radio show. We have two people in the control room and then Liz actually working. So just to do the show alone, there's multiple people here that are actually Actually making this happen. Well, so and then Donnie, neat. our technical service guy, or Dave, our technical service guy, yeah. just walked through. And, there you go. And you know that we've got Didn't folks even know all about over that. the place. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their auto survey and they take annually today we're going to caution you about the chevy equinox the 2010 and 2011 editions they have some engine problems so please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car suggest consumer reports 
carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. And his review this week is for the 2020 Toyota Avalon. TRD, and we didn't talk about this on our uh, uh, anacronyms show, but a T, do you know what TRD is? Oh, yeah. Toyota Racing Development. Yeah, there you go. Now, a couple of disclaimers are. We don't want you to put black tape over your check engine yes. light. Don't do that. And what did you find out about the high mileage uh, motor oil? High mileage oil, in addition to cleaning up your system a little better, it helps swell up the gaskets. It's got conditioners in it that help swell the gaskets up to kind of help seal up your engine that's worn with the valve cover gasket and, and your head, your other gaskets that are in your car. You've got a lot of them, and you've got your piston rings and that sort of things. Um, I'm assuming that talking about just the rubber gaskets in it but that can help that with your crankshaft seal and your uh, front rear crankshaft seals and so that's why going to synthetic blend and a high mileage oil is good and it says it's also good for uh, cars that are pulling and, and towing things so it helps keep them in good shape so that's that's the synthetic blend high mileage blend oil all right let's go to oxford hey oxford and chico how are you doing today we're so glad you've called into autocorrect good morning y'all good morning uh, and and happy 50th birthday to mississippi public broadcast yes indeed thank you now as you know there's a new dead tour coming up this summer and i gotta get bertha my 2000 ford e250 line van ready for tour and it's got almost a quarter million miles of rock and roll on it already and a big red service check uh, or no service engine soon light right which is a check engine light for those who do not know there are a few different ways that show a check engine light one of them is service engine soon that is, a, that is a check engine light. It, there's some that literally say CEL, check engine light. And there, there's some that show a little engine symbol. Those are all check engine lights. Well, let me tell you what my problem is and see if you think it's okay to ignore it. Okay. Um, I notice a smell right up, coming from the motor right about the same time that light came on. And I noticed something leaking from the motor right about that same time. And I was going to the oil change place here in Oxford, and I asked those fellas, you smell that? Check that and see what you think it is. And they came back and said, it's leaking refrigerant from your air conditioner. And I said, okay. And and they showed it to me, and it was obviously leak, and I couldn't have told them that it was from the refrigerant from the air conditioner. But I said, okay. I don't use air conditioning. I just like it, so I figure it's okay to ignore it. But you feel like it put a check engine light, service engine light soon on? That should not be related. Oh, you don't think that'd be related to the refrigerant leaking? No, because the refrigerant leaking has nothing to do with emissions. Uh, okay. So well, that's why I called. Yeah, so go ahead and get that checked out and and see what's going on. Take it to an auto parts store and get your code read and see see if you can go from there. Do you know of any locally owned auto parts stores? Um, that are they do some they do have some uh, what is it called there I think I want to say 
Well, sometimes there are locally owned ones. I wouldn't know in Oxford of any, but that, that are different than O'Reilly's and everything. But... Uh, but yeah, you know, I've never actually used one. I've I've got a relationship with O'Reilly's I've had for years, so that's my go-to. And but I do see independent auto parts stores occasionally. If I got to a situation where I couldn't find a part, then I have no problem talking to some. There's one in downtown Jackson that I use if I need. I can't remember them off the top of my head. I just know where it's at. Are Napa stores usually independently owned? People no. that carry Napa products? No, they're oh, not. Right. And I don't know if they're corporate or franchise, but they're not locally owned. Mm. Which is it's a franchise that's kind of like locally owned. Since I don't use air conditioning, you figure it's okay to run it without um, any refrigerant in it? Yeah, you can ignore that. Okay. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Well, all right. Y'all <laughs> have a good summer, and there's still tickets available for all the shows. I, well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> right on, y'all. Have fun, right on. have fun being a, a deadhead this summer, Chico. That sounds like I'm fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot. <laughs> Keep Bertha going. All right, let's go to Hazelhurst and talk with Larry. Larry, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. You're welcome. I call. This is the character that called about six months or more ago with a Prius that gas mileage dropped from the 40s to the 30s. Right. Okay. Uh, one of you, one of you said that you had a Prius that had the same thing, and you'd gotten to notice that the battery that's not taking a good charge will cause the generator to run more and lower the mileage. Which for those people out there, I want to explain, there's a hybrid battery on Priuses, and then they have a regular little 12-volt battery just like a regular car. And when that starts to get worn down, it uses the hybrid system to charge it more, and your gas mileage goes down because to charge the hybrid system, the gas motor has to run more. So tell me, what what, what were you going to say about that? Did you have any luck changing your battery? I hadn't changed it. I just put up with lower. It's still such good gas mileage on the Prius. I haven't fooled with it. You know, I've got so many other things going on with cars. I've got a race car I'm building, and I have a Dodge van that has a list of things that always need something. So that's the yeah. Prius is going to okay. have to. I, and I do other things on my Prius to make sure I, I, I take care of it, but that's low on the list. I'm still getting about 38 to 40 miles per gallon. What are you getting on yours? Well, it's dropped from an overall average, uh, which Consumers Reports said, 44. That's exactly right. It used to get 45 miles per gallon at 75, and now I'm lucky to get 40. Right. 40, 41. Do you, do you know how but old overall, your 12-volt battery is? Uh, I had the battery checked by the dealer a month or two ago, and they said, well, it's putting out 12.5 volts. And I think they said, I was so upset about something else that I'm not sure. I mean, but I think they said it, do, it does need a, a charge. Well, why should it need a charge? So I think well, I think you do. It does, that does sound like your battery is wearing down. It's a, the voltage. It, it may be pushing 12.5 when, the, when, uh, the, you know, when you first test it, but after nine minutes, has it dropped down a lot? You know, that's one way to test a battery uh, to see if it's dropping voltage quickly to know if it's gone bad. You take a multi-tester and do that. But, or, you know, they, they basically, it sounds like they're saying it, it is needing charged up more often than it should. What, what, what do you think that battery would cost? We're talking about the little one under the hood. Oh, that little, that little old thing? Well, I, I'm not against getting batteries from Walmart, and they're about $45 when you bring in the old one with you. Uh-huh. And, uh, 
you know, and I take them out and put them in myself. That that particular battery, it's a, it's a, I've taken that battery out. It's not that hard. I've taken it out before. But um, I'm, 80, I'm 83. I've driven like 2.8 million miles in the Methodist ministry, and I've done all my service until in recent years. <laughs> I don't I don't raise the hood anymore, cause, you know. And when I raise the hood to look at this battery. I couldn't, it's got a cover on it with not uh, 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 bolts. You're looking at the inverter, the 12 volt batteries in the back of the car on the Prius. Yep. I thought that's where the big battery was. The big battery's back there too. The big battery's back there behind the spare tire, kind of behind the back seat. The 12 volt battery is literally, when you open up the back hatch, it's on the right down there under the carpet. Well, thank you for telling me that. That Maybe I can take it out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's easy. Big help. Good. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Oh, we've got another happy customer. Yay. We're so glad. All right, let's go to Doris, who is calling from Jackson. Doris, thanks for calling AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Okay, I have two questions. Um, the first question is, it's, uh, I have a, a 05 Buick LeSabre, and uh, my whole dashboard has gone out. Um so I now, the only way I can tell my gas is where I'm at in my gas if I push my little readings on the side and then it'll tell me. But what do I need to get my dashboard back working? From I don't know if this applies, but when I used to advertise on Craigslist, there was a guy who advertised replacing Chevy instrument clusters because they're known to go out but it sounds like you're going to have to replace that whole instrument cluster okay. if all of it's gone out together i'm not a hundred percent sure on that but but that's a possibility so you, you you need to get that checked out and you may have to replace it it's easy to replace okay. they 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 generally just bolt in and out with a couple of screws and okay. a couple of connections on the back so quite possible. And the guy that did it on for Craigslist back in the day when I found them, he rebuilt them, I think, and resold them. So they're known to go bad. So may, hopefully that, that helps you out with uh, going in the right direction to get that fixed for you. Okay. And my second question is, um, I have a, a Ford F-150 King Ranch truck. And so I don't know. So do I need to just have my um, spark fires done? Because when I fill my truck up, and I don't know if it's just a gas eater, but, you know, I live in Jackson, and I work in Richmond, and I can, it's just, my gas just go, like, it just yes. go, like, so fast. I'm like, what is going on? So I went for regular, and I started putting 89 in. And I said, well, maybe it'll burn slower, but it's the same thing. Same, so, same situation. Do you know the gas mileage you're getting? Do you have an idea of what it is? I don't. Okay. Do you know what size engine you have? They did put the V10s in, in a lot of Ford trucks, and they get like eight miles per gallon or something okay. rid- ridiculous. But but your average V8 big truck like that should get around 15 miles per gallon. Okay. Which is normal. Um, so I would I would do measure it and see um, what what number you come up with. But that's if it's in that range, then that's that's normal. That's normal. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. They use a lot of gas. Those big trucks you see all over, and, and your big yeah. King Ranch. That's a yeah. big old heavy truck. So yeah, they use a lot of gas. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to 
So it doesn't matter about me switching the type of gas I use. But by the time you pay the the higher price, it doesn't make it. Uh, it's probably not going to make it a big difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was thinking after well, maybe my spark plug or something needs changing or something like that. A tune-up so. might help with your gas mileage. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, the intake clean that I talk about on the show all the time that cleans all your, where all the air comes into your engine actually increases your gas mileage because it cleans up everything okay. in there. So a, a good tune-up, if you get a mechanic that, or take it to a shop and have an intake clean okay. done, then, um, and or you can do it yourself. The bottle's $14 for it yeah. and have someone help you do it and read the instructions closely and do it, and that may help get you a little... A little better gas mileage. I'm not going to say it's drastic, but it'll be a little better. Okay. So long as I do know that these cooks sometimes they just this is what they do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's about what's going on with it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. They do. They use a lot of gas. Okay. I thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks, Doris. We have been discussing check engine lights and taking your car repair questions. You can send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org What's in the news? We'll tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. It's an expensive cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. What's in the news? Two things. Use your car to drive to the polls. Um, Mississippi has their primary elections for presidential candidates, Senate candidates, and representatives on Tuesday. Now, remember that spring break. So if you're going to be at the beach or the mountains next Tuesday, use your car to drive to your uh, circuit clerk's office. And I think that's it. Your county, county clerk. Right too. Yeah, to, to vote absentee. You can do that today or tomorrow. I think they may even be open Saturday. Day, or if you get a mail-in absentee ballot, it has to be postmarked by Monday because Tuesday is Election Day in Mississippi. And the other thing in the news, this uh, coronavirus business, they've said the Geneva Motor Show, which was supposed to start next week, has been
been canceled. Wow. Beijing Auto Show has been postponed. But for now, both the organizers of the New York Auto Show in April and the Detroit Auto Show in June say they are planning to hold their shows while taking necessary precautions to protect attendees. Good deal. Yeah, that's that's major to me. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> all right, let's go to Macomb and Winifred. Winifred, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, I have a two thousand and nine Infinity G thirty seven. I be driving driving normally. All of a sudden it just start like buckling like you're not getting gas and I have to t- stop, turn it on. It started back up. It started running back normal. It happens so often. It's not normal. When you turn it, it off and turn it back on, it it clears up for a little bit, or it continues it to do up it. All together. It clears, clears up real good. And then, about how far do you drive before it starts acting up again? Oh, I'm gonna drive another fifteen hundred miles. Right. Okay. Do you have a check engine light on? No, it don't come on unless they start doing this buckling. Then all kind of light comes on. Checking the light or everything comes on. And then, Checking the light stay on, but it go off after that drive about another 80 or 90 miles. I, when that check engine light comes on, you have to get it straight. When it starts doing that, take it straight to the auto parts store and get the code read. That's really the only way I can go from here. I, I, I don't want to... Uh, give you too many ideas of what it could be. I've got some things well, in in well, mind. Well, I'll be honest about it. I, I took it there and had it check in the light come on. I, I mean, check, I'm sorry. I had to check. And they told me a code, and I forgot, but I know they said it says a sensor somewhere around the, anywhere, a sensor. Yeah, it sounds like a sensor. I'm wondering, is mass airflow sensor, does that ring that's a bell? That's, 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 what, that's exactly what I was thinking could be causing this problem. It sounds like your mass airflow sensor is going out, which would be, what code is the mass airflow sensor? Um, PO101 up in there. Right. And um, so, yeah, your mass airflow sensor can cause that to happen because it's thinking it's getting more air or less air than it is and it starts bucking and making the engine buck because it's trying to overcompensate for a, a miscalculation of, of how much air is coming into the car. So mass airflow sensor was the first thing that came to my mind. It's You're saying that that more than likely is the code, so that's should be pointing you in the right direction. So that right, that's underneath the valve cover? Valve cover? No, it's before it's on your intake system before your yeah. throttle body after your air filter. Okay, is that very expensive to change out? No, uh, yes, um, yes, they can be expensive to replace. But one thing you can do is take mass airflow sensor cleaner and clean it first. Follow the directions and clean it first. There oh, is yeah. a cleaner just for mass airflow sensors, and okay. try that. All right. Okay. Okay. And uh, well, you you said mass airflow sensor. Mass right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Well, I, we'll try that first and see what that works in. 
Oh, you okay. can kind of do it yourself. Okay. You can do Thank it you. yourself. Yeah, it's very easy. You're very welcome. Thanks, Winifred. Um, uh, Allison, we've got an email that I want to get to. It's a, They have a 2016 Toyota 4Runner, and sometimes their back wiper works. Other times it doesn't. Any suggestions for, for that? Loose connection, possibly. You need to trace down the connections that relate to it. Um, you might have to take the back panel off of the trunk hatch itself and maybe get in there and check that connection and see if it's loose that's the only thing that comes to mind you know off the top of my head that if you're getting some sort of intermittent loose connection loose connection problem the only other thing is the switch itself that's something that comes to mind that's part of the system i don't know there may be a wiper relay f- for that that could be intermittently causing a problem so in that electrical circuit you've got something that's opening and in the circuit at some point and not closing and letting it get power to the to the wiper so hopefully that helps them out hopefully they're listening all right sophie hope you heard that let's go to frank in vicksburg frank you have 30 seconds <laughs> okay okay thank you for taking my call i got a 2003 chevy avalanche it is check engine light a pop on and then uh it'll say uh reduce power to the engine I ran it into an auto parts, and they put the, I uh, ran the codes on it. Okay, it got about four different codes. One said throttle positioning sensor, GPS sensor out of range, and the other two wasn't in the book. My first thought was, is you need a new throttle body, which will make a TPS, uh, a throttle position sensor code, come on. And so those little parts wear out. That's a part that moves a whole, whole lot and they will wear out and act up and it'll put it into limp mode. So you may need the the throttle body itself or you may just need the throttle position sensor. But the proper diagnostics is to make sure your circuit's going well too and and it's getting the power it needs to make sure that the throttle position sensor is working before you, you replace it. But with that being said, the throttle position sensor or the throttle body itself. Oh, Frank, I hope that helps. Man, that throttle body is important. We're yes, learning about is. that, aren't we, Allison? Oh, yeah. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our call screener today has been Jay White. Our board engineer is our fabulous Michelle McAdoo. So for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as The Lady Auto Mechanic, and also Allison Walker, I'm Liz Gill. Join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 